It's time for St. Peter's Better Health Update, brought to you by St. Peter's Healthcare System, treating you better for life. Here's Bill Klaproth. Physical fitness and maintaining a proper weight are key elements in the prevention of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, but getting started with managing one's weight plus staying on track once a regimen is developed can prove to be difficult for a great many people. With us is Dr. Dinesh Singhal, a cardiologist and director of the Cardiometabolic Institute at St. Peter's Healthcare System. Dr. Singhal, thank you so much for being on with us today. So first off, how are diabetes and cardiovascular disease linked? You know, there are many reasons, Bill, when people get uh, cardio, by which they get cardiovascular disease, and we call them traditionally risk factors. And diabetes is one of the major risk factors for cardiovascular disease. In fact, it's such a potent risk factor that in our current guidelines, we assume that all diabetics already have heart disease. And when we go to treat these folks, we treat them as if they've, they've already had heart disease. So it's a really potent risk factor for disease. Mm. Okay, if, so let's just talk about diabetes then for a quick second. How would somebody know if they have it? Or are there warning signs or symptoms that people should be watching out for? Yes, so uh, from a symptom standpoint, if someone starts losing weight, they have excessive uh, urination, um, which is unexplained, or they uh, start feeling very thirsty, those are some of the clues by which uh, they may realize and find out that they're diabetic. But that's usually when it's fairly extreme. Uh, most of the times we pick up folks a lot earlier uh, by doing uh, routine blood tests. So if in a fasting blood test, someone's sugar is greater than 126, or there's another test called the hemoglobin A1C, if that's more than 6.5, then that is diagnosed as diabetes. And what is the percentage of the population who is at risk for these conditions? So uh, there's an organization which puts out a report in a national level, and they just came out last month uh, for data from 2012. And what they found was that in 2012, about 29.1 million Americans, almost 9.8% of the population, had diabetes. In mm. addition, there's a condition called prediabetes when uh, the numbers are somewhere between normal and what the numbers I just quoted. And that population is almost a third of the of the U.S. population. So, and in the older population over 65, it's almost close to 50% people are pre-diabetic. Wow! And you so, said diabetes is kind of a precursor to cardiovascular disease, right? Or they're at a higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Is that right? It's actually one of the most important and major risk factors um, uh, in the in the recent guidelines for cholesterol management. Uh, we are we very aggressively manage people who have underlying cardiovascular disease. And what we found out was, in the, like I said earlier, in diabetics, the incidence is just so high that we are as aggressive in lowering their cholesterol because uh, uh, their risk is, is just significant. So we treat diabetics almost as if they have underlying uh, disease. Okay, so let's talk about lifestyle now. How does lifestyle factor in the development of diabetes and cardiovascular disease? So the reason uh, diabetes has become an epidemic all over the world is in large part because of lifestyle. Um, our uh, exercise amounts have decreased. People live in the suburbs where they are used to 
you know, driving from one point to another, walking has reduced. So with that, folks wind up gaining weight. Um, you know, the uh, eating habits for a lot of people are not very good. So uh, they wind up eating high glycemic index foods, which aren't uh, metabolized as fast. Uh, uh, between all of that, folks tend to gain weight. And obesity is a major precursor for diabetes. And along with that come with a whole host of other medical issues, which together then add to the burden of cardiovascular disease. Right. So our current hectic modern lifestyle certainly doesn't put us in a good uh, position for this. And you mentioned exercise. So it's obviously very important. But why is it that exercise safeguards against the development of these conditions? So exercise plays uh, many uh, roles in, in a variety of ways. Um, one, it uh, allows us to burn more calories, so the food we are eating actually has a chance to get burnt, and so weight is uh, better controlled with someone who exercises regularly. It also improves our resistance to disease. Um, you know, We've seen over and over again people who exercise regularly tend to have lower blood pressures than folks who don't. Their lipid numbers are better. So their cardiovascular disease burden is reduced. Uh, people's moods are better when they exercise more. And those people uh, have been, again, shown to have better outcomes in the long run. It also boosts energy by improving the metabolism. So a person who is more active actually feels more energetic than someone who is less active. Uh, people sleep better when they and that also has a direct correlation with blood pressures when we are awake. And just, you know, it's, it's, it's overall exercise is fun. And uh, with all these other factors lead to a longer lifestyle and a healthier uh, life. Right. It's just good for you, darn it. Right. We just all need That's to do right. it. Jump in there and do That's it. Right. So, That's you know, right. diet and exercise are always linked. So then how does diet factor in uh, for the development and containment of these diseases? Well, diet uh, uh, plays a major role because what we, what we eat and how we eat translates into all the things I just said earlier. Uh, you know, there are foods which have uh, so-called higher glycemic index, so starchy food, foods, uh, potatoes, rice, bread, um, desserts, sweets, um, all these items tend to get converted to glucose and sugar much quickly, and the body only has a certain capacity to handle all that. And when, that ha when there is excess, then it all builds up in higher glucose and uh, more uh, predisposition to diabetes, higher lipid values, and also the amount we eat. Um, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you can uh, you have to make choices, and um, this uh, uh, same uh, item with uh, some extra cheese can add a lot more calories than we need. Um, so both the choice and the kind of food uh, and the amount of food adds up, and, and that then results in, again, what I said earlier, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, high lipids. So mm -hmm. choice of food and how much we eat is extremely important in our well-being. Okay, so then let's break this down a little bit farther for our listener. So then give me what the, if you just briefly, the best exercises to do. Well, the best exercise, at least from a cardiovascular standpoint, is aerobic exercise. And uh, the goal is to move our limbs, move our body. So it could be whatever 
one is in a position to do based on their age and, and their overall condition. It could be uh, a brisk walk. Um, if a person can jog and run, bicycling, uh, uh, joining a Zumba class, uh, uh, Pilates. So, you know, it really it needs to be fun and it needs mm-hmm. to burn calories. Having said that, you know, in addition to the aerobic piece, one needs to exercise most of the group muscles. So um, you know, lifting some weights and uh, some resistance activities are also useful. Um, uh, and it needs to be at least three to four times a week um, and studies show at least a half hour. So the heart rate can go up and be sustained for at least that period of time. Okay, gotcha. So that's excellent. And so pay attention to aerobic exercise, walking, jogging, biking, take a Zumba class, uh, pay attention to group muscles and at least three to four times a week. All right, let's do the same now with diet. Well, what would what would be the best type of foods to eat then? So from a food standpoint, uh, Fruits and vegetables are the best bet. So they they give us fiber. They are less in calories. They are natural. Um, any kind of processed food has to be limited. Um, foods which have high glycemic index, like I said before, potatoes, rice, bread, pasta, desserts, they need to be in uh, in a lesser quantity. And um, uh, uh, you know some and a balance between protein. We obviously need some fat and some uh, carbohydrates. Some of these fat diets where one is doing one extreme over the other, you know, when studies have looked at it, they find that really don't do any better than just a, a, a reasonable calorie, a well-distributed uh, 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 diet uh, uh, with a higher amount of, amount of vegetables and fruits and some nuts. So that should be um, uh, the focus with Uh, a reasonable uh, composition of of proteins, uh, white meat rather than red meat, uh, less uh, uh, egg uh, yolk, uh, yellow of the egg. So so fruits and vegetables, again, need to be the bulk of one's diet. Excellent. So in our last minute here, what is your best advice then for somebody to maintain the diet and exercise regimen? We know what exercise to do. We know what to eat. Now, how do we stick with it? Well, you know, it, one needs to find uh, uh, an activity which they enjoy doing. Um, what we've discovered at the Cardiometabolic Institute is that when we do activities in groups, uh, people tend to sustain those more than when they're trying to do it by themselves. And, uh, you know, the goal has to be to get to a certain point, but it can be achieved one day. So, you know, if somebody isn't used to doing it, they start slow and work their way up. If they can maintain something for about a month to two months, they'll find it isn't that difficult. The first month or two months to change uh, uh, habits or change lifestyle is the toughest piece. Once you get past that, you can maintain it for a long time to come. Sounds great. Dr. Singal, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. For more information on St. Peter's, please visit stpetershcs.com. That's stpetershcs.com. This is St. Peter's Better Health Update. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.